How fantastic is this song? How could you choose between Brian Ferry and David Bowie? They're gods. Welcome to another episode of the Untitled Podcast. Let's discuss Roxy Music. In every dream home a heartache And every step I take Hall of Fame announced its 2019 class of inductees Thursday. The list includes seven artists from a wide range of musical genres and generations. Janet Jackson, Stevie Nicks, Def Leppard, Radiohead, The Cure, The Zombies, and Roxy Music will all receive the prestigious honor this time around. In order to be eligible, artists have to have released their first commercial recording at least 25 years before the year that they're nominated. The voting process involves a nomination committee of more than a thousand music artists. They look at factors like career length, musical influence, and body of work. 34th annual induction ceremony is scheduled for March 29th at Barclays Center in New York.
Hey everybody, this is Donnie, and tonight we're going to talk about Roxy Music. Now, you might be having some deja vu. This show has been done before, but as much as I don't want to be like George Lucas and go back and redo all my shit, it's about the band. It's not really about my ego. It just sounds bad, and I love Roxy Music. I can't go and tell somebody, hey, check out my podcast, and not say Roxy Music if that's a band I love, and if I do that without redoing the podcast, it's just a shitty example of, of how far the show's come. So let's just wipe the slate. Let's do it again. Promise you it's going to sound a lot better. It's going to be a lot cooler. Let's begin. So in the late 70s, I lived on an army base in uh, Virginia, probably my least favorite place on the earth, and I traveled quite a bit as a kid. I hadn't been to New Jersey yet, stop typing, but Fort Lee, Virginia was probably like the worst time in my life. It just fucking sucked. I won't get all into it, but one of the greatest things that came out of it was Roxy Music. <laughs> I used to go to the record store and I would buy albums often for their covers. Now, I had seen the name Roxy Music several times in Rolling Stone Record Guide or in articles about prog rock bands, and I was enjoying prog rock about that time. So when I go into the record store, I see the very striking cover for Flesh and Blood, which came out in 1980. I thought, awesome album cover, been wanting to check out this band, I took it home. I don't think I got it in the door before I had kids like asking me what the hell it was. Thankfully, I put it on when I was alone later. Because the very first thing out of the speakers is the worst cover of In the Midnight Hour you will ever hear. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Followed by the song, Oh Yeah, which is a good song. And then same old scene, Flesh and Blood and My Only Love, which is a perfect album side except for the stupid first song. Same thing happens on side two. You have four brilliant songs, Over You, Rain, 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 No Strange Delight, and the masterpiece, Running Wild, with this extra thumb sticking out, a bad, bad cover of Eight Miles High. Now, up until this point, I don't recall Roxy really doing any covers of any other bands. Now, Brian Ferry did it all over the fucking place. He had albums of this stuff. They asked me how I knew My true love was true oh, I, of course, replied Something here inside Cannot be denied. He should have put these on there. Now imagine this record right here, if it contained Jealous Guy, which came later, and it contained Dance Away, which came earlier. What a record this would be. I urge you to go back 
and listen to Flesh and Blood and take out track number one on side one and track number two on side two. Or if we're talking about CDs or digital files, take out track number one and take out track number seven and then listen to it twice and call me in the morning. like a romantic kid like I always would like see the dudes on TV who were cool with the women who were romantic who gave them flowers and shit and so here was this suave singer looked pretty cool on the album cover great album really a mature sound like to me this was like Sinatra and he'd sing these songs like my only love and it would retch your heart out now maybe you weren't like that when you were a kid and if if you're a younger person than I am right now, you might not have been. But back in the 70s, we would often have these songs on the radio, these really maudlin, depressing songs. But they're very emotional. And you either got it or you didn't. But most of the time, you'd get it and not want to say that you got it. And that was the case with this album, because I could not share this album with any of my fucking friends. I had enough problems.
been December 8, 1980. In the evening, John Lennon was returning home from the studio when he was murdered by a deranged fan. You can look it up if you want to read more about it, but it was devastating. I don't think you can quite comprehend how devastating it was. You know, in all fairness, and not to be an asshole or anything, it wasn't 9-11, but musically it was 9-11. I mean, imagine what a shock it was with Prince, but, you know, thank God Prince wasn't murdered. And the thing was, uh, John Lennon kind of held the ideas and the principles of the 60s in a lot of ways to people. And with him gone, that really seemed like, oh my God, everything that was advanced in the 60s is gone. But the biggest thing, if we're all really honest, is that we wanted the Beatles back so bad. We held out hope until we heard that on the radio, that somehow the Beatles would get back together. And I was just a kid, so imagine if you're Brian Ferry, or Phil Manzanarek, or Andy McKay, or Paul Thompson. That really knocked the wind out of a lot of people, and Roxy Music rose to the occasion like nobody had before. I was dreaming of the past And my heart being fast I began to lose control I began to lose control I was feeling insecure You might not love me anymore I was shivering inside I was shivering inside Sky was a beautiful homage. It represented the best of Roxy music in every way and had a great video. You know, they're cool, they're suave, they're romantic, sax is killer, cool guitar solo. It was hard to say you didn't like that song. That just cemented my interest in the band.
Now the party's over I'm so tired Then I see you coming Out of nowhere Much communication In emotion Without conversation Or a notion When Avalon came out, whoa, that was the album that Flesh and Blood could have been and had better song selection. Avalon did have that song selection. Avalon is a stone-cold, five-star, masterpiece. It's an incredible record. It demands that you listen to it all in one sitting the first time, and then you can go back to the other songs. But every song on here is really great, and some of the best sex music you can imagine. Maybe, I don't want to go so far as to say, number one, you know, we've got Marvin Gaye hanging out there. See, my wife is texting me. She knows I'm talking about stuff I shouldn't be. Anyway, trust me on this, kids. I could show you in word if I wanted to a window on the world with a lovely view from close up inside a single room with an So hang on, let's let's go all the way back. Because after Roxy Music broke up, I had no choice but to go back and fill in the blanks. So let's start at the top, shall we? 1972, Roxy Music, the debut album. The album cover is crazy ugly, no offense lady, but quite different from anything you'd normally see. It made me look back at my copy of Flesh and Blood and be like, what the fuck? 70s were hard times. This record is poorly produced and really thin sounding. The producer was Peter Sinfield, and Peter Sinfield was known for writing lyrics for different bands such as Emerson, Lake, and Palmer and King Crimson. He was associated with that whole proggy scene. So I think that had I been in that position and heard his name, of course I would let him produce my record, but it turns out he doesn't know anything about producing records. Now I have not been able to get my hands on this yet, but there is a Stephen Wilson, Stephen Wilson from Porcupine Tree, remix of this album. Now, when Stephen Wilson does remixes, he stays very true to the sound and intent of the original recording. But this one could really use some work. I would love to hear that. If anybody has it or knows where I can get it without spending a lot of money, please let me know. My email address is musicpodcast at gmail. Podcast with a K.
So I didn't get into this album for 10 years after it came out. The whole world had changed dramatically. Not that it doesn't every 10 years. But when you look at the pictures of how the band looked and, and the music that you know immediately comes off, I mean, the first track, Remake, Remodel, what a chaotic mindfuck of pop. Here's how cool Brian Ferry is. In that song, there's like a chorusy part that says CPL593H, CPL593H. <laughs> this was a license plate of a car spotted by Brian Ferry that was driven by a really hot woman. He wanted to remember that license plate number and it was stuck in his brain when they went in the studio. Or so I've been told. got strange song like if there is something which starts almost like this hokey country song that just uh, you almost want to run across the room and take that needle off the vinyl but before you get there it turns into something else and it's a strange song but for fans a real classic
you're going to find that through this podcast. There's going to be songs that I really doubt you won't like. And then there'll be songs that I want to see hands raised on who really likes it. No, I do. So fuck y'all. But I won't blame you. And this would be one of the weirder songs that I would give you a pass on. It was the men who led this teenage rampage. And didn't they look glam? The King of Cool. He was a fantastically glamorous figure. And there wasn't a guy in Britain who didn't think, that's the coolest thing I've ever seen in my life. So back in 72, Roxy was hot shit, right when glam was just turning it up to 11. Ferry had an album's worth of material. Producers who loved it, but no musicians. He put together an eclectic team, including on synthesizer, one Brian Peter George Sinjin Le Baptiste de La Salle Eno. And Roxy Music was born. 1988, I go see Brian Ferry, his first U.S. tour in quite a while, I believe. And it was in this very nice hall, had really good seats, and I was really enjoying it. But then everything got dark and stayed dark for a slightly uncomfortable time. And slowly but surely, this melody started to kind of cut through the dry eyes. Anyway, I'm not going to do that. Now, I have heard of In Every Dream Home a Heartache, but I really had not heard it. And I certainly had never heard it live, but all the people around me knew the song, and they started going ape shit. The place lost its collective mind, and I was really excited. And then Brian comes out and does this perfect version. It was so heavy and psychedelic, and it was such a moment in the show. It was definitely the highlight. I think everybody there would agree. He stung me on that one. So now I was just full on Roxy Music, Brian Ferry, and I started soaking it all up. In every dream home a heartache And every step I take Takes me further from heaven Is there a heaven? I'd like to think so I bought you mail order My plain wrapper, baby Your skin is like vinyl The perfect companion You float in my new pool Deluxe and delightful Inflatable doll My role is to serve you Disposable darling Can't throw you away now Immortal and life-size My breath is inside you I'll dress you up daily And keep you till death size Inflatable doll Lover ungrateful I blew up your body But 
but you blew my mind. When you do go to For Your Pleasure, cover is pretty cool. The inside has just a bizarre-ass cover of the band, including Brian Eno, who was with the group from the beginning and would stay with them through this album, at least. He never did come back to the band, even when they reunited a few times, which is kind of a drag. I would love to have heard what he would have done. thought we were doing in the early Roxy sound and what people heard were not necessarily the same thing. In the background you hear some very strange sounds. is most people's favorite when we talk about the first year of the band. I was really obsessed with this record for a while. I played it constantly. And one of the songs on here that, well, it looks like looking at the track list, several songs on here are the kind that might put off certain people, but maybe the first one would be Mother of Pearl. It has a sort of chaotic, fast, punkish kind of intro, and then it slides into this gospely kind of backbeat thing. And the interesting story about that is that the band had no idea what Brian was going to put in there lyrically or melodically. They had played those parts, and then he just steps up to the microphone, and I think they said he did it in a take. Well, I've been up all night again. Party time wasting is too much. 
you for another girl. If you listen to the song and you care at all, it is pretty cool, especially if you think about that he had not shared any of that with anyone because he said he really hadn't had it all together. It just kind of came together on the microphone. Buttercups, daisies, and most anything They wither and fade after blossom and spring Time conquers in since pride takes a fall In knowledge lies wisdom, that's all The other song that might send some people heading for the exits is a song for Europe. One time I had a voice teacher. I just wanted to dabble in that and see what would happen. And uh, he told me to sing something. So I brought in a song for Europe on cassette and sang that. And he turned off the cassette and he's like, I don't know what that is. He really was confused. He didn't say it as antagonistically as I'm saying. He was kind of like, I don't know what that was. You know, some people get it, some people don't. Here as I sit at this empty cafe thinking of you I remember all those moments lost in wonder that will never find again is my oyster it's only a shell full of memories and here by the same Notre Dame cast along lonely shadows now But 
but those records are very experimental, and there's nothing else like them. And Brian Ferry had said that the band was a group of inspired amateurs, and I like that. And I've always tried to be an inspired amateur at everything I do. I don't really want to be a professional. I'm not so special You're a misfit too Why must they interfere in everything we do? Country Life, another high point, another favorite. I like it. There's a bit of a Jerry Hall obsession going on in this record. And I may be wrong. I think three and nine, All I Want Is You, If It Takes All Night, Bittersweet, A Really Good Time, and Prairie Rose. I think they are all written for Jerry. Somebody told me just the other day that you leave in Sadly, she's not on the album cover. I don't know what's going on there. I don't know what's going on. Out of the Blue, probably my single favorite Roxy Music song that I will play if I want to try to turn somebody on to them. I don't mind if it's only a passing grace. Throw away lines of the ring true.
reason Out of the Blue is such a great song is because of Eddie Jobson, who was in the band very briefly. He replaced Brian Eno and makes some funky sounds on Stranded. On this record, though, he pulls out his glass electric violin and murders the solo on Out of the Blue. Fantastic song. Fantastic solo. Eddie Jobson would go on to play with bands like Jethro Tull, and and he also was in that prog rock nebulous kind of cloud thing. And my favorite thing he's ever done was on this compilation album called Piano One. He has a couple piano solos on there that are just fantastic. less a fan of Prairie Rose, but I get it. The Jerry Hall story is that Mick Jagger kind of stole her right out from under Brian Ferry. It's my understanding he came to a party at Brian Ferry's house and met Jerry, and that was it. So Brian's written quite a few songs with her in mind. One of the more famous ones was Show and Tell, which I will highlight in the Brian Ferry solo episode. You were the hero so many times you've loved Casanova was written for someone else. Casanova was written for Mick Jagger. This is sort of like Brian Ferry's You're So Vain. He calls out this Casanova as being a womanizer and a drug abuser. This pathos only added to his legend, classy, sophisticated and suave, lonely man. It's like my friend Michael said one time, it's like Brian Ferry saw something beautiful as a little boy. And he's been haunted by that ever since and cannot find it. I think that's what he said. I don't know. We were probably fucked up. Everything else on here, fantastic. Uh, Bittersweet, here's an interesting story about Bittersweet, is that it's a real uh, template for goth music in some ways, because what it is, it's almost an ode to the old German pre-Nazi era cabarets and that sort of Germanic singing and that kind of sound that like Marlena Dietrich had, which was a huge influence on him, by the way. I never really liked it that much until I realized that's what he was doing. Well, this is such a sad Also, in the movie Velvet Goldmine, 
If you haven't seen it, I, I highly recommend it. Not not the greatest movie in the world, but it's, it's an important movie to see as far as music history, and there's some great music in it. And I'm going to do a show on the soundtrack to that album, so I'm not going to get much into it now. But let me just say that there was a band on the record that included Tom York from Radiohead that did a cover of Bittersweet. I'm going to drop that in instead of the original. You can go back and check out the original on Spotify or iTunes or someplace. For me, Siren is one of the weaker albums. Jerry Hall looks incredible on the album cover. Love the concept and everything. And they got good reviews from Rolling Stone and such important publications as that. I guess having the hit single, Love is the Drug, is going to help you quite a bit. Now, my favorite track off of here is She Sells. And that song was written by Brian Ferry with Eddie Jobson. Love the drums on this. a movie star image for himself and he had the leading ladies to go with it. 
many of whom appeared on his album covers. The sirens on the front, you know, the Jerry Hall album covers, the kind of sexy women with, in, dressed in rubber with dogs on leads and all that, it summed up an era. This is, don't forget, in the days when people used to travel around the streets holding albums under their arm. Advertisements of how cool and sophisticated we were. 1975, Love is a Drug. That's the closest Roxy Music had to a bona fide hit in the United States until Jealous Guy, and neither one were really a huge hit. But a lot of people know Love is the Drug. My band used to cover it. It's kind of uh, the song to go to for them and do the strand, which I don't like. Stop typing. that there are two totally different Roxy Music sounds going on. When I had listened to the first album versus listening to the second album, the third, the fourth, the fifth, they somewhat feel the same. And there are certain tracks on Manifesto that slightly feel old like that, but Manifesto had a different sound, and with Dance Away, it really gave us a glimmer of what Roxy Music was going to become. Yesterday Well, it seems so cool when I walked you home, kissed goodnight I said it's love, you said alright It's funny how I could never cry Until tonight, and you passed by greatest album in the world. I know that's some blasphemy, so stop typing. But it did have some major missteps. You can't deny me that. But I really love that album cover. What a weird-ass album cover. And I think Manifesto was the last one that I had purchased that I have not heard yet. And it's a real mixed bag. The first song is this dreadful-sounding, plodding-along song called Manifesto. And that is like a warm bath compared to 
the ice cold bucket of fish that they dump on your head for trash. That's the next track. It's only two minutes and 14 seconds. I'm not putting one of those seconds on this podcast. Stop typing. And it has Dance Away. Fantastic song. Angel Eyes. Pretty good as well. So this was my Roxy Music timeline and how they came to be in my top five. Although the band took a break from group activities in 1976 and again in 1983, they reunited for a concert tour in 2001. I was fortunate enough to see this show in New York City at Madison Square Garden. And one of my strongest memories is leaving the show on a high, walking down to Battery Park past the World Trade Centers and thinking I really need to take a tour of them sometime. Just about two weeks later, they were gone, and I never had my chance. But I'm so happy I got to see the band, at least. Roxy Music is an unusual band that just announced as being part of the class of 2019 for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame inductions later this year. I didn't see that coming. Good thing Lester Bangs is not alive to see this. If you enjoyed the show, keep an eye out, because I'm going to do one on Brian Solo. He's different, the same and you can't really like one without liking the other. I'm sure you'll agree. So until I see you next time, do the strand. This has been produced by Donnie Shattuck. Leader of the group is this fellow named Brian Ferry who uh, is possibly the most vacuous excuse for a superstar that has yet been presented to us. Now, uh, you know, like I became a big Roxy Music fan when they did Stranded, and uh, after that it was my unfortunate experience to meet Mr. Ferry at a party where uh, I want to go up and say, Brian Ferry, you're my hero, I love you, you know, a great record. This fellow, this man was so bland that he was standing there in this white tuxedo with a cigarette in his hand, you know, not saying anything. And I, somebody should have shoved him in a corner, shoved the martini in his hand and forgotten about him. <laughs>